Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for being a listener. Hopefully you'll stick around and continue. If you like what you do here, please make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave me a comment if you feel like you want to. All right, so today is episode 107, where we're talking about four last-minute literacy ideas before the winter break. So I don't know about you, but this time of the year is always crazy, trying to rush to get the report cards done, comments figured out, and then just all the other things, the grading and cleaning things up and reevaluating what's going on in your classroom and how you can do things better and then wanting to cram it all in before you go on break so that you have a stress-free, relaxing break. So I have here some easy ideas for you that hopefully will not take a whole lot of your time. I've actually used them in my own classrooms in first and second grade, and I've had pretty good success with them, and some of them I've had great success with. So let's go ahead and dive right in to these admin-approved ideas, which means they're aligned to standards and you can justify them rather than just putting on a movie, which I know we've all done, so no shaming here. All right, my first idea is help wanted ads. Now, you've probably heard this before, and if you're able to celebrate Christmas in the classroom, help wanted ads is a great activity, especially since it's one of those that you can align to a real-world application. So I've done this in two different ways. I've done it as Santa looking for another elf to hire and also as Santa looking for a new reindeer. So years ago when I first started using this activity, it was a first grade classroom and I had a very, very old Christmas book that had been passed down or handed down to me or I found in the teacher lounge, who knows, but it was a very old book. I'm sorry to say it's probably not even in publish anymore or print anymore. And I don't even know what the book is because right now my classroom library is all packed up as I've started a new job. But anyway, in this book, it has several pages where it talks about all the different jobs that elves at the North Pole hold. So it was a really great segue into the writing activity of a help wanted ad for an elf because we brainstormed different jobs that they could have. We talked about the books the um, jobs in the book. And then we talked about what exactly an ad looked like. We looked at some actual real life examples. And then I gave them just a nice little template and off they went writing their ads. Now I love pairing books that go with writing lessons. So if you can find a book that talks about elves needing jobs, this is a great one to put with the help wanted. Now I've also done Santa looking for a reindeer. So again, you're going to 
brainstorm all the jobs that rangers could do around the North Pole. Some of my classes came up with some very silly ideas. And then why would Santa need another reindeer? You're going to provide a class brainstorm session and you're going to get them thinking of these creative ideas and then release them to run their ads. Now, this is an activity that could be one day. It could be two days. If you're adding a picture, it could be three days. I mean, who knows? But it's a nice little filler. Doesn't take a lot of effort. You do want to search for the ads ahead of time so that you find appropriate things and you're not showing something unexpectedly when you're searching for an ad online, right? So always prefer um, my ideas with try it first without kids in the room to see what comes up. On a side note, little funny story. The other day I was showing a vocabulary video to my class, right? Very harmless. But on the side of YouTube, there were some suggested other videos and one of them was on erections. I kid you not. And it was up there for the whole class to see for the entire class period. I was so mortified when one of the boys finally pointed it out. But until then, nobody had seen or noticed. So I was like, hmm, yeah. And I minimized the screen really fast, but I didn't realize that had been a suggested video the whole time I had played the regular video because I didn't maximize the screen. So anyway, <laughs> you might want to also watch those just in case something else pops up, no pun intended. <laughs> okay, my next idea is shared writing. So for shared writing, you're going to brainstorm a class story idea. Then as a class, you are going to write the beginning of the story together. Students will then continue writing the story. When you call switch, students are going to pass their papers to someone else. Okay, so whole class writes the story together. They help you. They give you ideas. You write it on a big chart or you write it on your whiteboard. Then you break students up and they use that exact same story idea, but maybe they take it in a whole different direction. So what comes next in the story? They're going to write that piece. Okay, so only a few students are going to do this. Maybe you have them in groups. I don't even know. Okay, <laughs> I haven't done this in a really long time. This actually came from my high school um, typing class, believe it or not. I'm that old. I had typing with an actual typewriter, not computer class. So <laughs> this is a fun episode today. So anyway, what happened in typing class is you would type, you would pull the paper out of the typewriter, and you would hand it to the person behind you, and they would, con they would put it in their typewriter, and they would keep typing where you'd left off. So similar idea with the stories, right? So you're going to put your, your class into several groups, maybe four or five groups, enough to have enough students that are going to do the beginning, the middle, and the end. So at least three students in each group so that you have one person for each of those tasks. So when it's the beginning person, they're typing up. And then when you say switch, they pass their paper to the next person, which is going to be like the person that's writing the middle of the story. And they are going to be given a few minutes to read the story before you start timing where then they're going to write the story. Because you want them to read, right? This is good practice for rereading what you've written, even though they didn't write it. But they're going to reread what is on the paper so far. And they can do that as a whole group so that the other kids aren't just sitting there doing nothing. They can sit there and read the story together. And then when you say, okay, it's time, 
then one student is writing and maybe the other student is plotting out what he thinks is going to be his part of the story. And then when you say switch again, they're going to pass the paper off, you're going to give them time to read, and then they're going to continue. So you want to make sure you're doing this for each section of the story, beginning, middle, and end, or until you are out of writing time. It really depends on the age of your students. So if you have younger students, I recommend doing only five to 10 minutes of writing for each timed session. So maybe it's like 30 minutes total, but then you allow some time in between for reading, maybe an extra three to five minutes for the reading time, because five to 10 minutes, maybe they're only getting a couple sentences down. And then another day, you want to allow time to read and share the entire story Because sometimes these stories can be very hilarious, and it's just really good time to share and enjoy what they've written as silly as they could be. You might even want to put them in the classroom library so that all the students could take turns reading it and enjoying that they all wrote it together. And it's a really good time to also discuss the importance of how to plan a story from beginning to the end without different people coming in and writing it because talk about how complicated that can be, right? So that's just another teaching point. Okay, my last idea, or not my last idea, I guess I guess it's my second to last idea, is gingerbread real estate. So this is a new activity I just learned about this year from several different gifted and talented teachers And it's become a fast favorite, and my students are absolutely loving it. They've come into class very excited. They can't wait to get started on it. They can't wait to see how their pictures are going to turn out. And they've turned out really good. I'm very impressed. So the process is very quite simple. First, you're going to show some students some examples of real estate ads. I teach gifted students, so I only did one example of one ad. But if you teach younger students, you want to do just a couple different ones to show them some different ideas. And then you're going to brainstorm the different rooms you have in a home. So we talked about homes can have movie theaters, garages, backyards, all these things that a real estate agent might want to highlight in their house are going to be rooms that we can write about. So next, the students are going to write some adjective-rich descriptions of their rooms. And I challenged my students to write a paragraph for each, even though my example had like two to three paragraphs, because I was trying to see if it would push them further by giving them the minimum of one paragraph. And for some students, it really worked. Some students were like, hey, she said one paragraph. I'm only do one paragraph. So be mindful of how your students are in order to set that standard that you want for them. Now on the following day, so the first day we just wrote and I challenged them to try to get at least two of the rooms done that day. And then the following day, I showed them how to finish their third room and use our district provided Adobe Express. Thank you to my district for allowing us to have this tool for free. And it has a generative AI tool that allows you to do text to image. So they wrote in a Google slide doc So they just used half of their Google slide where they wrote the copy, and then we literally copied it, and then I showed them how to do Control-C, copy, and Control-V, paste, because some of the students, their computer skills, kind of rusty like that. So I showed them how to pop it into the generative AI tool. It literally just says text-to-image in its little text box, and they put their words in there, and then within minutes, 
AI had used their descriptions and created these beautiful pictures that they could insert into their slides and they had one-of-a-kind real estate ads. Now, if you go to the blog post, you will see an example of this. So shareteaching.com forward slash winter dash break and you'll be able to see what this looks like in my classroom. And then I also had the students think about if there was something missing that they wanted, they could go back and change their picture by changing their words. And then AI could regenerate a different image to see if they were closer to the idea they had in their head. And then it also allowed them to have multiple versions of their image. So it came up with four versions to begin with, and then you could load more and get even more. And you could also have different styles. So if we had more time, we could delve into those different types and different styles. But for today and this week's lesson, it was just short and simple. We just stuck with the basic that was already in AI, and we didn't change it at all. But in the future, if I did a similar version, like I know other teachers have done this for spooky stories, then I would show them the different types of images because we just used popular, but there's like one that looks like paper and all kinds of really cool stuff. So seeing the finished image also helped prompt those students to change and edit their paragraphs. And so for me, that was a success because we always want them finding ways of why they want to edit and revise their copy, right? And this was the perfect example of why they would need to do that. So my students that don't celebrate Christmas, they chose to do the house of their dreams. And they were equally as excited. They also got to use Adobe Express. They picked three rooms for the final project, and they turned out amazing as well. They have some very creative ideas. And so they didn't feel disappointed or left out whatsoever. It was almost identical activity. One just happened to do Gingerbread House and the other did House of Their Dreams. Last but not least is to do author studies. So having an author study right before the break is a great way to keep kids engaged. I like to use the same author study in reading and in writing. This way the students can see how some of the same reading standards can correlate to our writing. So for a quick and easy way to do the author study before break, I would recommend reading one book by the same author each day. You're going to keep the same focus each time you read it to make it easy to compare the stories or the focus point that you chose. So an example might be in reading, your class is focused on seeing how the character changes throughout the story. So each time you're reading another book by that author, you're talking about how the character is changing. You just want to focus on one thing because this is kind of like a down and dirty lesson, right? Quick and easy right before break. We don't want to make it complicated. We don't want to like plot or diagram, do the plot diagrams and all that kind of stuff. We just want to focus on one thing and possibly one thing that we notice the majority of our class needs a little bit of extra help with. So within my second grade class last year, this is definitely something that we didn't talk about enough, and that would be the characters changing. And then in writing you're going to look at how the author shows the character's feelings, thoughts, or actions. Both of those are standards that go really well together, so I would pair those up. And then the next day, you're going to read a new book, but you're going to continue with the same discussion. So in reading, you're going to ask, 
how does the character change? Maybe you even printed it up or wrote it on a sentence strip and tacked it up on the wall somewhere. And as you go, you make anchor charts that go with it, right? It's just visible learning that the kids can see and start drawing those similarities. And then during writing time, you're going to notice, well, how does the author describe the character? What kind of words do they use? Are, how do they show these emotions? And maybe you just write a couple of the phrases that you're noticing in the books. Are they similar across the different books by the same author? Are they different? How can we incorporate that in our own writing? And those are going to be your mini lessons for the few days that you're doing this. Now, of course, you need some ideas, right? <laughs> because that's what I'm here for to help you. So some of the authors that I like to use for author studies are Patricia Polacco. Now, I do warn that her books can be very long. I mean, they're really well written, and I love Patricia. But if you are pressed for time, I would just maybe read excerpts of her books. And she is the author of books like... Um, I think it's Thank You, Mr. Faulkner, or Dear Mr. Faulkner. It's the one about the girl that's thanking her teacher who recognized, I think she had dyslexia. It's been a really long time since I've read the book. Dear Mr. Faulkner, I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay, next is Mo Wellams. Um, I always say his name wrong, but he's the Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. So you want to pick one of those, or the Elephant and Piggy. You want to pick just one of those in the series and then just read that same series. So you're comparing like, um, Elephant and Piggy probably isn't the best unless you're talking about dialogue, but to talk about something like character, maybe the pigeon would be a, a better choice. So just kind of look through and preview. Kevin Hankey's, he's always a good one. I know we do a lot of him at the beginning of the school year with Chrysanthemum and uh, Lily's Purple Plastic purse is that what it is I'm drawing a blank now because I didn't look them up ahead of time of course why would I okay <laughs> next one is Robert Munch he's one of my favorites I use him in my own writing units that I have and you can get the opinion writing shameless plug out on TPT right now and Robert Munch just has such fun books the kids always die with laughter and they're just so engaging and the characters and the descriptions and the illustrations there's a lot to be said for his books and they're a fairly quick read so I really love that and then my last suggestion is Dav or Dave Pilkey I should know this but he's the dog man books and I want to say possibly Captain Underpants and kids really love him, so they would be engaged to hear you read some of those books to them. So I really hope you found these ideas very useful as you make it through your last days until winter break. I'm in my last week before winter break. I know some people still have almost a week to go. But real quick, four last-minute literacy ideas that you can do right before your winter break or even when you come back from break. Make it easy breezy for yourself. First one is help wanted ads, whether it's reindeers or elves or something else. Next is shared writing, where you pass the story. Gingerbread real estate, where they get to use AI and they feel so grown up and important to be able to use this tool. And then the last one is to do some author studies. So if you tried one of these, I would love to know about it. Please leave a comment on the blog post. The 
uh, link will be in the show notes. And also you can always leave a review on Apple Podcasts where you can look and say episode 107 and tell me about your favorite last minute literacy idea before winter break so that we can share with other people. All right, stay tuned for a new episode next time. Have a great holiday and don't forget to come back here and listen to some more episodes. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.